Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're staying happy, healthy, and sane. Welcome back to Less Rock, Less Talk, More Soft, the special uh, edition of Minisodes we're doing this month. I am your host, Connor McGrath, and let's get right to the chase. Uh, recently, we lost the great singer-songwriter legend Bill Withers, um, passed away at the age of 81 last week. So I thought this week we'd go back to July 8th, 1972. And for the first time, uh, a couple of firsts here, we are doing uh, a chart that predates the Billboard Rock Charts. The Billboard Rock Charts started in 1981. So that's another sign that the Billboard Charts are very indicator of new and hip things that uh, rock and they waited until 1981 to have a rock and roll specific chart. Um, that's a digression. We talk about that on episode one of less rock more talk, which is available in the archives on the Nick robes podcast network. Um, this is also the first time we've counted down the hot 100, the big chart on the billboard charts, the main singles chart. So we're going back to July 8th, 1972, the summer of 1972 for this week, and we're going the Hot 100 Pop Charts. Uh, 1972 was a big year for R&B and soul records. Um, Stax Records was very uh, near the peak of its powers in 1972. Um, then Al Green, I think, had the most Top 40 hits in 1972. Motown just... Kind of on the wane, they had just moved out to the West Coast, to Los Angeles. Their base of operations moved to Los Angeles from Detroit. Just a lot of R&B on the charts. Stevie Wonder just just about hitting the peak of his career. So, very good time for R&B and soul music. Kind of a confused and muddled time for pop and rock music. Just as it was kind of a confused and muddled time for America. Vietnam, Vietnam War is winding down. Um... I usually recap the Saturday Night Live episode that was happening the week of this charts, but Saturday Night Live wouldn't happen for another three years. Um, maybe that's why. Maybe if Saturday Night Live come along a little bit earlier, we would have avoided Watergate. Dropping hot takes on the show. Let's get to the charts. Um, coming in at number 10, speaking of Stax Records, have Luther Ingram with doing his take, a song called If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right. A classic ode about adultery, uh, originally recorded by the Emotions uh, sister group, um, but uh, popularized by Luther Ingram, who's an artist with Stax Records. Uh, big hit that year. Controversial. Again, it's dedicated to extramarital affairs. Um, I think it's one of the, the best. Stacks ballads uh, featured, I believe it's featured in Watt Stacks, the film that uh, was dedicated. It's a concert film, uh, seventh anniversary of the Watts riots. Did a lot of prep for this show. Yeah, Watt Stacks was a big concert in the summer of 72 at the Los Angeles Coliseum to dedicate, uh, dedicate to the 7th anniversary of the Watts riots. 
featuring the stars of Stax Records, and Luther Ingram did perform If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right in that film. I believe that was one of the... He didn't perform any... It wasn't at the concert. It was filmed on a soundstage. Um, so yeah, that's a great song. First, you know, R&B right away. Not R&B, very opposite. Actually, the next two are kind of the opposite. If you look up the definition of the opposite of soul in the dictionary, the artist in number nine and number eight are at, are pictured together in, at a hotel in Las Vegas. Number nine is America, who released their first album in late 1971 with a song called I Need You, ballad off their first album. America, of course, uh, a pair of uh, American students who uh, were military brats. They were the son of military men living in London. So they got their start in London, but they are American. That was why their name was appropriate. They wanted to tell all their high school classmates in London, hey, this is where we're from. But I need you kind of big ballad off their first album. Not much to say about America. Good harmonies. Great, you know, light rock band. I think after the 60s, America was in a mellow mood. Number eight. Boy, speaking of Las Vegas, that's why I said that he was hanging out in Las Vegas with America. Probably at some point. Maybe. I think America was probably a bit too edgy for this guy. You got Wayne Newton with his biggest chart hit. Peaked at number four. Coming in at number eight this week in 1972. July 8th, 1972. Excuse me, not this week. It'll be this week in 1972 in three months. Uh, Wayne Newton. Daddy, don't you walk so fast. Came in at number eight on this chart in July 8th, 1972. Not as bad as I expected. I hadn't heard this song before. I was kind of not ex expecting it. Funny story with this one. Broke on WCKL, no, CKL2, LW, excuse me, my brain's jumbled today. CKLW, which is a big superstation in Windsor, Ontario, right across the border from Detroit. Uh, the DJ's wife added it to the rotation because. Uh, he wasn't seeing his kids do so much. So that's a powerful, influential radio station. She was shaming a deadbeat dad. I read that today. Coming in at number seven is a song that I think has a little bit more lasting power than Daddy Don't uh, You Walk So Fast. Coming in at number seven on the July 8th, 1972 chart, Elton John, Rocket Man, off his album Honky Chateau. It's around the time of peak Elton John, and uh, not much I have to say about this song. Just kind of a rightfully an iconic standard. So I think it was crawling, coming down the charts. Number six on the charts. I do have something to say about this song. It's kind of one of those only in the early '70s type novelty songs. The Jimmy Castor Bunch with Troglodyte Caveman. Hmm. Now, the Jimmy Castor had kind of a colorful life. He placed Frankie Lyman in the 1950s doo-wop group, The Teenagers, and they're kind of waving ears. He's a saxophonist and a singer. Very, you're kind of known as a novelty artist, but he did... Was versatile. He did do some uh, silly, uh, serious songs, but Troglodyte certainly is not one. It was the first in a series of songs 
about prehistoric life, kind of a funky take on prehistoric life, introduced us to the uh, Bertha Butt and the Butt Sisters, who they would have a number of songs about them that would uh, hit the charts in the early 70s. What can I say? Marijuana was very popular. And some uh, some R&B songs about cavemen and large-butted cave women. That was what America wanted to hear in in uh, in the waning years of the Nixon administration. Uh, I man, I I, I uh, it's fun to listen to. Most novelty music obviously ages very poorly, but uh, I'm a big fan of the whole saga. I like cavemen. I like big-butted cave women. I like funky guitar riffs, and uh, Jimmy Castor Punch's Troglodyte has all of that. Um, and another odd tradition. This might be a, one of the oddest three song stretches from Rocket Man to Troglodyte to Sammy Davis Jr. featuring the Mike Curb Contribution. It's the Candyman cover of a song from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Sammy Davis Jr. One of the the Rat Pack, of course. I think he was the last member of the Rat Pack to have a huge chart hit, and this was the last kind of big chart hit for the Rat Pack. Sure, which I'm sure Frank Sinatra was not happy with. Cover of and Sammy Davis Jr. apparently wasn't even happy with this song. He did not not a huge fan, but it made him a lot of money. Very very saccharine, sweet kind of an indicator of what would happen in '73. 74, and actually was already sort of happening with the Jackson 5 and the Osmonds. The pop charts became very fre- kid-friendly for a few years in the early 70s. Because uh, I can't imagine anybody w- over the age of 7 wanting to listen to Sammy Davis Jr.'s cover of The Candyman. A lot of respect for Sammy Davis Jr., the late, great Sammy Davis Jr., one of the greatest entertainers of all time. Uh Hardworking, very led a very hard life, but uh, boy, the Candyman, not a huge fan. Uh, I am a huge fan of number four on the charts, Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose. With too late to turn back now, they were obviously brother and sister act. Um, it's very great again R and B song. Uh, recently used it very effectively in Spike Lee's Black Klansman. It's a great song. This is like the only song on the list. It's the middle of summer, but none of these songs on the list seem very summery to me. Like, I don't think I would want to hear any of... I think they would kind of ruin my trip to Old Orchard Beach. Um, But I wasn't around in the 70s. This was before my time. Uh, I was just a gleam in my daddy's eye at this point. Long. I don't even know if my parents had met at this point. I think they had. Um, number three, Neil Diamond's Song Sung Blue. Very easy listening, heavy chart. Number two, again, illustrating how weird this chart is, Billy Preston, the fifth Beatle, arguably, with an instrumental song called Out of Space, very funky. And number one on the charts, of course, Bill Withers. With his iconic, most famous song, his signature song, Lean On Me, written about his experiences growing up in Slab Fork, West Virginia, his hometown, and the sense of community that he felt and uh, the townspeople relying on each other. 
it's a song, you know, it's hard to comment on a song that has uh, uh, been as overplayed as much as Lean On Me and is kind of used at so many high school graduations. Unfortunately, sung by my high school graduating class in 2007, we sang Lean On Me. And uh, I'm sure wherever he was at the moment, Bill Withers felt a shiver at, down his spine at the Deering High School Class of 07's rendition of Lean On Me. For some reason that year, they made us all sing the, the class song. Usually it's a member of the chorus, but no, we all had to reluctantly sing Bill Withers' great work, Lean On Me, and uh, we did not do it justice. Uh, it was pretty pretty rotten rendition of Lean On Me. But it is a great song, and I think it is an important song, you know? It's hard. at the A song like that is uh, overplayed so much, but uh, I think with the passing of Mr. Withers, I think we had the opportunity to kind of, you know, for the first time in a long time, take in the words of the song, and it's very, very prescient right now because uh, we do, in uncertain times like this, we do have to kind of rely on each other and rely on community even if we can't be close together. And uh, we got to help each other out. Uh, it's important these times to uh, lend a helping hand where you can. It's not about, you know, you can't look at uh, government or, you know, your big pop culture stars, your Brian Dennehy's. You got to look to your neighbors and look to your friends and family. And as Mr. Withers would say, you know. Lean on each other. Got a little bit uh, sentimental towards the end, but that's good. You know, Bill Withers was great, fantastic singer-songwriter. I think very worthy of this little tribute. Thought I would pay tribute to him in some small manner. Um, he really was kind of a uh, very plain-spoken, but very intelligent singer-songwriter. He was a spokesman for the working working class. Um, Quest Love, who is a very prominent admirer of Bill Withers, you know, said he was the closest thing the African-American community had to Bruce Springsteen, but he actually kind of predates, predates Bruce Springsteen. So I would say maybe Bruce Springsteen is the Caucasian answer to Bill Withers. It's food for thought, but yeah, he represented the working class, very, the common man. And, uh, had a very short run in music. He was only a around from 1970 to around 85, 86, he left music because he was tired of the record industry BS. Got out, you know, he had, did what he had to say and he got out, but he left a, a tremendous legacy with his music and he will be, he will be missed, but his music will live on forever. So obviously he will be in at number one for this week on our top five. I'm not even, no sense of drama. Um, Number five, I haven't really even thought. I will, I'll say troglodyte. I'm a big fan of troglodyte. Number four, I'll say Luther Ingram's If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right. Number three, Elton John Rocket Man. And I think Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rhodes will get the honorary mention because I think Too Late to Turn Back Now is one of the most underrated pop R&B songs. And number one, of course, Bill Withers, Lean On Me. So that has been it for a special mini-sode. Less, less rock, less talk, more soft. It wasn't a soft rock chart, but there was a lot of songs that probably, there was probably a lot of overlap with soft rock radio. Surprisingly, I could not find 
Bill Withers never hit number one on the adult contemporary charts, um, but he did hit number one on the pop charts, which is infinitely more important. So I thought I would count down this chart from July 8th, 1972. And I hope everybody is staying healthy and staying uh, sane in these weird times. I'll be back next week. I will be back with another mini-sode less, so- less soft, less rock. No, I'm messing up the title again. I haven't done that in a while. Less rock, less talk, more soft. Um, next week, we will be doing um, the adult contemporary charts again. We'll be going back to the adult contemporary charts, diverting um, with a chart from April 15th this week. Well, it will be this week next week. But 25 years ago next week, uh, the April 15th, 1995 charts. You got Gloria Stefan, Madonna, some great adult contemporary classics from the 90s. And this was a time that I was alive. I wasn't just a gleam in my daddy's eye. I was a uh, young seven-year-old that was weirdly into VH1. So I will have a lot to say about these songs. But again, I hope you stay safe. Insane out there. Take care of each other. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye.